Roto Grinders presents your first word in daily fantasy sports. The Morning Grind, Stevie TPFL and Company are here to jumpstart your analysis on today's DFS slate. Without further ado, here's your host, Stephen Young. Hey everyone, welcome to the Roto Grinders Morning Grind podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Friday, it is July 5th, it is 2019, and we have 13 baseball games to talk about here on today's slate. I'm riding solo, and uh, we'll do the best I can not to say um, or I don't know too much. Um, it is, we are recording the night before, so it is July 4th, and um, you know, everybody out having fun and uh, with their families, recording really late, because uh, I was out with friends and family as well, so going solo today hope everyone enjoys hopefully i can break down the slate and help you guys out 13 games a lot to get through if you guys haven't checked out our sponsor make sure you head on over there check them out it is fantasydraft.com sign up through the rotor grinders links that way you get three months of rotor grinders premium for fantasy draft and uh, once you make your first deposit and start playing over there they do have their 75 dollars home run up for today's slate it is a 25 dollars buy-in 10 entry max so you're not playing against 150 teams fighting for that top prize. Uh, good payout structure over there. Pays $1,000 first place. Pays 77 spots. You're doubling your money if you min cash. So good little tournament they got going on over there. Fantasy Draft, if you haven't checked them out, check them out. Let's jump into the slate. 13 games, a lot to talk about. Uh, a lot of high totals here. You know, we're starting to get into the hot, hot time of the year. And uh, we're starting to see totals climb for sure. So we start here. With the Brewers and the Pirates, 10 total. We got Zach Davies against Stephen Brault. Uh, 10 total, like I said, it's a pick 'em game. Um, starting with Davies, this team, the Pittsburgh team has been really hot. They've been one of the best offenses in baseball recently. The thing that kind of concerns me here is we don't have great weather. Um, it'd be really interesting to see what the weather edge um, here, if you have premium and um, what Kevin Roth weather edge has to say about this one. Because it's not the best weather. We got a kind of a crosswind, 80 degrees. Um, so it's just not a spot that I really like, Zach Davies. This team can go pretty left-handed heavy here. And when we're looking at this team to go left-handed heavy, he's a guy that has struggled with lefties. And he's a much better real-life pitcher than he is a fantasy pitcher. So for me, I think this is a spot that I kind of stay away from him here. And, um, you know, I think we, we're going to have some cheaper options on this slate. But he is 5,300. Like, if you want to roll the dice, he's 5,300. Um, I just don't think I can do it. Um, did put up 18.6 against this team earlier this season, but this would be the fifth time he's faced the Pirates. So I also think that's a disadvantage for him. As far as uh, Steven Brown on the other side of this game, you know, they don't have a ton of righties in this lineup. They have enough um, that I think I'll pass here. And even the lefties, Musakas and Yelich, both of them hit left-handed pitching well. Um, you know, we'll have to see if Ryan Braun is back in the lineup. Obviously, that would be a bump to the Milwaukee side of things. But yeah, Stephen Braun, 377 Woba against righties this season. Only a 16% K rate uh, against righties. So he does get more ground balls than anything else, which is definitely a little interesting, but not a spot that I really love him. Um, look, staying with the Milwaukee side here, looking at the bats. Um, Yasmani Grandal is interesting. He's one of the massive fly ball guys against left-handed pitching in this lineup. But when you're starting to look up and down this lineup, there's a lot of hard contact in this lineup made against left-handed pitching. So I don't mind potentially looking at some Brewers righties here. Um, like I said, Grandal's probably my favorite. Uh, if Braun's in there, I don't mind him. Um, Kane is always a guy that's really good against left-handed pitching. And, you know, he's pretty cheap right now because he has been struggling. He's 4,200. Um just kind of looking at pricing, Jesus Aguilar is 3000 on DK. That's really, really cheap. Um, not the best season ever after having a really good season last year. Um, so obviously, you know, he, he is a value play at that price tag. But, you know, you have to remember nowhere near where he was last year as far as numbers go. Um, as far as the Pittsburgh side of things, I don't mind looking at Josh Bell. He's probably my favorite play here uh, on the Pittsburgh side of things, but it, it's really the the same guys that I talk about all the time when I'm looking at this Pittsburgh team. I like using Pittsburgh as a secondary stack 
the Bell Dickerson Moran combo is always my favorite um, to look at here. Really, like I said, this game has a high total. It's a pick 'em game. Both these teams have, um, you know, implied totals of five. So we're expecting some runs in this game for sure. So I don't mind, you know, potentially playing that three man. Um, like I said, that three man is always one of my favorites um, when I'm looking at this team. Kansas City at Washington. We got a ten and a half total in this one as well. It is Brad Keller against Austin Voth. Um, Both Voth is a 194 favorite here um, going up against Keller. Keller, this is just not a good spot for him. The Washington team, you know, the bottom of the order with Adams, Robles, and if it's Gomes catching, there's a lot of strikeouts at the bottom of this order. Don't get me wrong. But top of the order, we got good walk rates. We have low strikeout rates. We have a lot of power, um, good Woba numbers. So for me, when I'm looking at this team, it's not a team that I typically like to play pitchers against. Um, they have a six implied total here. Um, so I think that's telling us a lot. So obviously when I'm looking at the spot, I, I just don't think this is a spot that I'll end up on Keller. Um, again, I think there's some cheap plays that we can play here. Uh, as far as Austin Voth goes, you know, when we look at his numbers from last year, you know, he pitched a couple games. Now he didn't pitch a lot, but he didn't, he didn't do too well. 7.9% swinging strike rate, 20% K rate, uh, neutral fly ball, ground ball guy. We look at his AAA numbers this season, 11.1% swinging strike rate with a 24.4% strikeout rate. And then as far as the majors goes this season, nothing really great. Um, you know, he's made a, a couple appearances here, a couple starts uh, against Detroit and against Atlanta. You know, I would have definitely put him in that Detroit start. It didn't work out for him. Only threw 78 pitches. I'm more worried about the pitch count. Um, just looking at his first two games, I'm not worried. You know, especially at 7,700. It's a massive favor here. Um, you know, Kansas City lineup isn't as scary as it usually is. But when we look at this Kansas City team, yeah, Mondesi, you know, Solaire, Dozier, and um, Cuthbert, definitely all strike out but the rest of this lineup you know hovers around like league average strikeouts so it's not the worst spot in the world he's really gonna be um a lineup guy for me if the kansas city lineup comes out pretty right-handed heavy um i think i could play him you know he's shown a little bit more strikeout ability against righties which you know always makes sense when you're throwing curveballs and you're right-handed pitcher against right-handed batters so um if it's a right-handed heavy kansas city team I don't mind maybe taking a shot um, on Voth if I'm playing multiple teams here. As far as the Kansas City bats go, I, I don't mind Gordon. Uh, he's probably the only guy that I have a ton of interest in here. Um, you know, as far as I'm seeing, there's not a lot of um, home run issues with this guy in AAA. Um, you know, Hunter Dozier. Dozier and um, Solaire are guys you could potentially look at here. They're both, you know, pushing 295-ish ISOs against right-handed pitching this season and 200-plus plate appearances. So if you want to look at some of the righties or if you want to make a three-man, Gordon Dozier-Solaire is probably the best three-man that I could look at here. So I don't hate that. Uh, as far as the Washington side of things, Keller is not a big strikeout guy. Um, so... I really like the target, you know, Soto in this matchup. I think Rendon is really good. Um, I don't mind a stack. They have a really high implied total here. Um, really good weather. So I don't mind Rendon. I don't mind Soto. Um, you know, Turner, Kendrick, Adams, all those guys really in play, um, you know, in this spot. Baltimore at Toronto. We have Dylan Bundy against Aaron Sanchez. 10 total. Sanchez, a 128 favorite. Dylan Bundy, you know, we know he has massive strikeout upside against righties, um, and this team does have some strikeouts in it for sure. But when you're looking up and down this lineup, uh, they do have some power, um, and he has given up a lot of power to righties this season on top of striking guys out. He's really hit or miss. Um, if you're playing large field tournaments and you're playing a bunch of teams, I don't mind having exposure to Dylan Bundy. He's 8,100. It's not like he's cheap. Um, so, like, that's the biggest concern for me. So for me, I think that um, he's more of a large field tournament play, and I'd have to have I'd have to have a bunch of teams 
um, to really get it, it get exposure to Dylan Bundy on this slate. Uh, next up, Aaron Sanchez. It sounds like it's going to be Sanchez. I don't think it's going to be Stroman. Um, if it is Stroman, I don't hate him. Um, and then Aaron Sanchez, as far as he goes, not a strikeout guy, just a ground ball guy that doesn't typically get blown up too bad here. Facing a very heavy ground ball team. Um, not one of these guys is a massive fly ball hitter. Ruiz is probably the closest to that. So this is a spot that I'm really expecting a ton of ground balls from. Um, I just, he just doesn't have any upside. That, that's just his problem here. Um, if it is, if it does end up being Aaron or Sanchez, trying to see, trying to get a price for him. Um, so Aaron Sanchez is 4,900, probably not the worst punt in the world at that price. Um, it, it's still not the greatest matchup by any means. He's gone negative like four times in a row. Um, you know, obviously he's given up at least six earned runs now in four straight five earned runs or more in five straight. So it's not been great for Sanchez. Like the ground balls for this team definitely worries me. Um, as far as the Baltimore bats go, I obviously, when you're looking at Baltimore here, um, I just got to talking about how much Sanchez has really been giving up. Not one person is over 4,500 on DraftKings. So if you're looking for a cheap stack um, or, you know, just kind of a, a filler in, you know, type of stack, you know, they're not a hard team to stack um, with Nunez, Cisco, VR being multiple positions, Mancini being multiple positions. Uh, so it's not hard to stack this Baltimore team. So I don't love the stack here, but... Dwight Smith Jr., Mancini, Cisco, Santander. Um, if you want to do like a four-man, they all have power upside against left-handed or right-handed pitching. And like I said, you're just not really paying a ton for this potential stack. Like Mancini really stands out to me at 4,300. I think that price tag is really, really solid. So, yeah, I don't mind uh, looking at some cheap bats here um, and just kind of hoping that Aaron says Aaron Sanchez continues his struggles. As far as the Toronto bats go, a um, lot of power this season given up to Dylan Bundy by the to right-handed batters. So I really don't mind, you know, looking at any of these power righties here. It, it's just tough um, because you want you want to play Vlad. Um, he's a guy that you know you want exposure to, and you know it's been very hit or miss for him. But at thirty eight hundred, I, I think like you look at him in tournaments here. He does still have a bunch of power. Um, he's definitely not adjusting to the majors as well as some people adjust to the majors. But when we look at Bundy, he has a 2.38 home run per nine to righties and a 1.62 home run to lefties, um, home run per nine to lefties. So Vlad, Gariel, and Biggio Smoke would probably be the guys I'm looking at here. Um, Grichik with his massive K rate doesn't make a lot of sense here facing a guy that has a massive K rate against righties. I think there's a lot of strikeouts there. So I probably wouldn't end up on him. Um, so, yeah. Moving on, we got the Philadelphia Phillies and the New York Mets. Um, Vincent Velasquez against Jacob deGrom. Eight total. deGrom is a big-time favorite here at 194. Uh, Vince Velasquez pitching here, you know, not a lot of strikeouts in this Mets team. They have a combined strikeout rate of 20.5% this season against right-handed pitching. Good sample sizes on just about all these guys outside of the catcher position. So probably not a spot, um, that you're going to hear me praise, um, Velasquez. And that's a lot of, you know, lefties in this lineup as well. I really like to target him more against, um, right-handed bats. So with all these lefties in there, all these lefties having good numbers against right-handed pitching this season, with Alonzo in there, um, it's going to be a pass spot for me on Velasquez. Uh, there's going to be plenty of times that I'll play Velasquez, especially at 7,500. But it's just not a spot that I think I'm going to end up on him here in this on the slate. Uh, I do like Jacob Degrom. You know, when we're looking at the top end pitchers, obviously we have Verlander, Degrom, uh, Kershaw, Granke, Tanaka. I think that my favorite pitcher on this slate is Jacob DeGrom. Um, you know, when you're looking at Verlander, you can always play Verlander. I just, it's tough to play Verlander against a team that doesn't does strike out a lot um, in the, in the angels. So I'm leaning more towards DeGrom and taking the discount. 
you know, when we look at DeGrom this season, 2.72 xFIP, 30.3% strikeout rate. The swinging strike rate is almost at 15%. The contact rate is uh, at 70.7%. He gets ahead of hitters at a 61% clip, which is fantastic. So Jacob DeGrom pitching at home um, against Philly's team that does sneakily strike out a lot. Uh, Kingery is at 29%. Harper's at 28%. Hoskins is at 26%. Romuto's at 24%. Jay Bruce is at 25.5%. So outside of Hernandez and Singura just not striking out a ton, there's a lot of strikeouts in this lineup. There's also a lot of power, and you always have to be concerned with that. But I, I really like DeGrom. Like I said, I think he's my top option on the slate, and uh, we certainly have some value to be able to get to him. Uh, as far as the Philly bats go, probably not going to end up on the Phillies today. 13-game uh, slate, a lot of stuff going on here, and um, really just don't see the need to play Phillies bats uh, when – I think Baltimore is a cheaper stack that I'd rather play. Uh, as far as the Mets bats go, I don't mind the lefties or Alonzo. Um, you know, Velasquez is a guy that's typically throughout his career been worse against lefties. Um, and if you're going to play the lefties, like if you're looking at playing Cano and Conforto and Smith and those guys, if you're playing all those guys, like you're going to put Alonzo in your stack as well. Um, you know, Cano has been absolutely horrendous this season. But the fact that he's 3,100 facing Valencia Velasquez, he's 10 for his last 37. Um, Multi-hits now in three of his last four games. Not crushing the ball. Not getting those extra base hits. But give me eight points here at 3,100, and um, I'll certainly play you. I think he's you know phenomenal value for cash games here, especially if you're wanting to get um, Jacob DeGrom. Uh, moving on, we got Boston at Detroit. Eduardo Rodriguez against Ryan Carpenter. Um, no total in this one. Um, I think it was just kind of floating around as far as who was going to pitch this game for Detroit. Um, you know, when we look at the season for Eduardo Rodriguez, he's been really good against righties. He's struggled against lefties. Uh, 318 Woba, 140 ISO, 24% uh, K rate against righties, a 3.2% hard to soft contact ratio. So he just really hasn't been getting blown up by right-handed hitters. Likely going to face, I would say, seven or eight righties in this lineup for Detroit. Um, you know, a lot of Ks in the, the middle or bottom of this order. Um, so really like Eduardo Rodriguez here, 8,700. It's going to be tough to fit him and DeGrom in. Um, you know, you're, you're likely going to have to go down and take a shot on one of the cheaper guys or play him over DeGrom. Uh, so I like him. I like this spot a lot for Eduardo. Um, you know, if you're playing a bunch of teams, you're definitely going to get exposure to him. Um, so, yeah, I like this spot. I don't really typically see him being blown up in this spot. As far as Carpenter goes, you know, I, I don't have any interest in Carpenter here. Um, I don't expect him to pitch too deep into this game. He has been, you know, throwing 80 to 90, 90 pitches, um, you know, recently. But when we look at Carpenter's numbers this season, you know, 422 Woba, 287 ISO to righties with only a 14% K rate. With Boston being on the road in this spot, um, you know, getting that, you know, you know you're locked in for nine. They're a really, really um, strong stack in the spot. And, you know, they finally got priced up as they should have been. Um, you know, J.D. Betts, Xander. J.D. Martinez is one of the best hitters in baseball um, against right-handed pitching or left-handed pitching. I'm sorry. Um, so, like, when you're looking at this spot, like, he has to be considered one of the top, just top hitters in general on the slate. So, Really, really like J.D. Martinez. Really like Mookie Betts. I know Mookie's been struggling against lefties this season. You know, eventually he's going to start getting it going and, um, you know, certainly like the spot. But Xander's been another guy that's been really good against lefties. If if Vasquez is catching, he's a really good catcher option here. Um, that's really all I got. Vasquez at 4,300 is really expensive, though. I will say that. Um, don't really have any interest in the Detroit bats here. Um, you know, Dixon and Castellanos always has a little bit of power against lefties, but again, Eduardo Rodriguez this season, 3.2% hard to soft contact ratio balls hitting hit 95 miles an hour plus against him only at 26.3%. Those are really, really good numbers against righties. So probably going to pass on the bats here for Detroit. Um, like I said, I just don't really love the spot. 
Um, we got the Yankees and the Rays, eight and a half total. Tanaka against McKay. Um, Tanaka is a slight favorite here, 116. You know, when we look at Tanaka, been very good against right-handed bats this season, 269, Woba, 121 ISO. So when we're looking at Tanaka and his numbers with lefties, 353, Woba, 221 ISO, you know, you got to kind of consider here, like, is this a spot that he's going to face more righties or lefties? Probably going to see quite a bit of lefties here. Um, you know, Nate Lau or Nate Lowe got called back up with Brendan Lau going on the IL. So that adds, you know, you're not really losing a lefty there. Um, it'd be interesting to see what they do with Choi. And, you know, I'm guessing Choi would be in there as well. But, you know, obviously they have Garcia. So it'd be interesting to see what Tampa does with this lineup. If it is right-handed heavy. Um, I, I think Tanaka's worth a look if this lineup comes out right-handed heavy. Um, he's 9,500. He's going to be pretty low-owned just because of the guys that are below him or above him. Um, as far as Brandon McKay goes on the other side, like, you know, Brandon McKay, um, one of the sought off, uh, best prospects in baseball, lefty pitcher facing the Yankees. Um, it's just really hard to play any pitcher against the Yankees. Um, you know, especially a 23 year old <laughs> that has not made a ton of major league starts. You know, he is a guy that, has strikeout ability. You know, when we look at his season this year in AAA is a 26.7% K rate. Um, like he has he has the upside. Don't get me wrong on that. Like the upside is certainly there. Um you just look at it and uh, it's, it's tough because I, I certainly, you know, or he has a 20 12.4%, uh, 11.6% strikeout rate in the minors, 28% K rate. I was looking at his batting numbers for some reason. Um, you know, he's one of the top prospects. Like I said, he's the second in this organization. Um, really talented young pitcher. I just don't know if I could pull the trigger here. If you're playing a bunch of teams, I think he does have upside in this spot. Um, I think there's potential for him to pitch six or seven innings of good baseball here. There's a lot of strikeouts in this Yankees team against left-handed pitching. Um, you know, Torres, 31 and a half, DD, 27, Hicks, 27, Sanchez, 21, or 31, you know, Judge around 23. Uh, so a lot of strikeouts here for this team against left-handed pitching. I don't mind maybe taking a shot. He does have a cutter. He can get some outs with that. If you're, if you're playing a bunch of teams, I don't mind taking a shot here. As far as the Yankees bats go, um, you know, Sanchez and E5, probably my two favorite plays from the Yankees. This game is in Tampa. It's not in New York. Um, I just, that's certainly going to help the, help the pitchers in this game, but I don't really necessarily see myself looking at any Yankees bats um, outside of Sanchez or E5. As far as the Tampa bats go here against Tanaka, Tanaka, I want to target with lefties. Um, Austin Meadows is a guy that I like here. I know he's, you know, slowed down quite a bit um, since the beginning of the season, but you look at it and, you know, you start to see him make better um, at bats recently. And you have to kind of like the price tag. 4,100, this is a guy that, you know, pushed almost 5K for – a good month of the season. So I don't mind Meadows here. Um, outside of that though, like Nate Lowe is 2,800. If you want some cheap upside, uh, this is a guy that got called up earlier this season. And then when he got sent back down, he has just been crushing the ball in triple a. Um, I was reading a thing about it the other day. I don't have it pulled up in front of me, but he was, um, he was doing really, really well um, when he got sent back down. So uh, not shocked whatsoever to see him get the call back up here. And, you know, hopefully, like, you know, we'll see when guys are just locked in, they're locked in. And, you know, hopefully this is a spot where he's just locked in right now and we can, you know, kind of take advantage of maybe people not um, – or people looking at his season numbers from earlier this year. So when he was up, but – He's been crushing the ball in AAA. If you want to play him, he's really, really cheap. Um, I don't hate it if you want to pay down. But, you know, you are using one of your first base spots, and I'd much rather do that on Fantasy Draft than um, DK. Miami at Atlanta. Hotlanta definitely paid off on Thursday. Um, really good slate for me with those guys. Uh, really good cash game day. 
Uh, we got uh, Jordan Yamamoto against Julio Tehran. 10 total. Tehran's a 198 favorite. Uh, Yamamoto, you know, a guy that there's all his numbers scream regression. And I said this in his second start um, against St. Louis. Been screaming it. And finally, we saw a little bit of regression in his last start at home against uh, Philadelphia. I'm not a huge Yamamoto fan. I think that he has decent stuff, but I think this is a spot that he really could potentially run into an offense that's super hot and really struggle here. So I'm going to pass on Yamamoto. The $8,600 price tag certainly helps the pass. Um, I know he's pitched well in a couple starts here. You know, three of his first four starts have looked really, really good. But all his numbers scream regression. There's a lot of fly balls and a lot of hard contact being given up by this uh, young pitcher. 50% fly ball at the lefties with a 44% hard hit rate. 48.6% fly ball rate to righties with a 45.7% hard hit rate. A lot of fly balls, a lot of hard contact. He does have the strikeout stuff. He walks a, he walks a bunch of guys. Like There's a lot of upside here for Atlanta, um, and we'll talk about that here in just a second. Julio Tehran is a guy that, you know, throughout the years, when we look back at 2017, 2018, he's been really dominant against right-handed bats. Um, really hasn't been the case this year. You know, he's given up more hard contact. His strikeout numbers are down. His Woba is a little bit up, but not as much as his ISO and some other stuff. I honestly, I don't hate Julio Tehran here. Just remember, like, it's going to be hot in Atlanta again. You know, we're looking at 88 degrees at first pitch, so... Julio Tehran is a guy that I, I certainly don't mind. Um, if I'm paying up for DeGrom, I think Julio Tehran is a very suitable SP2. Um, he's one of my favorite cheap guys on this slate. Um, yeah, like he's probably my cheap guy. He's probably my favorite cheap guy. Just looking at all these options down here. Um, he's kind of the guy that I've been talking about that we have, you know, some cheap options. So I like I said, He's just really cheap here. I, I don't like the heat. I think the ball's going to be flying. Um, but pitching at home against Miami, a very right-handed heavy team. And throughout the years, he's just been really much better against righties and much better at home. So um, hopefully he's just using that slider. Don't really have any interest in the Miami bats here. Uh, probably going to be a stay away. Uh, stacked Atlanta quite a bit, um, like I said, on Thursday. Only played um, one cash lineup and one tournament lineup. And, you know, I had stacks on both sites in both formats. Um, played a four-man in cash and a five-man in tournaments. Um, just kind of worked out that way with Marcakis and tournaments. Really only wanted to go four-man, um, but slowed it up on the Braves. Uh, I'm going right back to the well here. You know, they're expensive again, but don't be turned off by their price tags. This is a great spot on paper. Uh, a team that does have some fly, does have some ground ball hitters. Um, a lot of line drives here, but you just look at the hard contacts for the Brave, Braves righties against uh, right-handed pitching and Braves lefties with Marcakis and Freeman. This is just a great spot um, to load up on the stack and their implied total almost pushing six. Wouldn't be shocked if we see it kind of go up uh, throughout the day. So. Really like Freeman, really like Josh Donaldson, really like Marcakis again. Um, you know, if you want to do a four-man, if you want to add a fifth in, I don't mind Riley, Acuna, or Albies. I think there's a lot of different ways that you can stack Atlanta here if that's the route that you want to go down. Um, moving right along, Angels and Astros, uh, nine total here, Felix Pena against Justin Verlander. Probably going to be an opener from Pena from what I was reading uh, before the podcast. So it sounds like it would be like Ramirez opening, um, but he's really only pitched one inning in almost all of his opens. So expect Felix Pena to come in here um, right after the first. Um, as far as Felix Pena goes, as far as playing him, he's 6,700. He's really cheap. He's just facing an offense that doesn't strike out. They have a 15.4% swinging or strikeout rate against right-handed pitching this season. They have really good Woba numbers. They have good walk rates. It's just not a spot that I think I'm going to target Felix Pena. They have enough lefties that, you know, it certainly worries me. His number is much better against righties and lefties. Uh, uses that sinker quite a bit um, against righties. And, you know, that's one of the pitches that he generates a ton of ground balls. And I will say, like, the Houston bats are not good against sinkers. So he certainly has that working in his favor if you want to take a shot at 6,700. But, 
they just don't typically strike out a lot, and I think that's the biggest issue with Felix Pena. Verlander is 12K. I'm never going to tell anybody not to play Verlander. Uh, he's been one of the best pitchers this season, hands down. Um, he's been even better when he's at home. Uh, he's just been absolutely dominant at home this season. I don't think I can play Verlander if I'm playing one team, which probably will happen because the Xfinity race at the racetrack is tonight, and I'll be at the track almost all day, so I'll probably only play one team. So I think that I'm going to play DeGrom over Verlander, and I feel like that's how I would recommend it. Save the extra 700 bucks, play DeGrom, and I feel like a better matchup than what Verlander has here. Again, never going to tell you not to play Verlander. He's always a top option. Just when you look at this team, there's a lot of non-strikeouts in this lineup. Um, obviously, if the lineup comes out favorable for Verlander, um, you know, not, obviously, Listella is banged up. Um, if Upton is still out of the lineup, if Albert Pujols is still out of the lineup, like we could see a really, really ugly lineup here. So if that happens and like you're only worried about like Trout and Otani, huge difference, huge different, way different take. So pay attention to how this lineup comes out with all these injuries. As far as the bats, even though I'm not playing Verlander, I don't want to target him. Um, you know, he's probably going to give up a home run or two here. That's what he does. But for me, I'm not going to try to pinpoint those home runs on a 13-game slate. If I was going to play one-offs, it'd be Trout or Tani, um, just because those are the guys that I would guess the home run would come from. As far as Houston goes, uh, again, they're not great against sinkers. This is a ground ball pitcher. You know, obviously, all that's concerning. Alvarez is very much in play here. Um, you know, he's a guy that's 4,600 with a bunch of upside. The guy that I really, really like here um, is Michael Brantley. Uh, Brantley is 4K, very, very cheap. Um, you know, he's not a guy that has a ton of power, but he does have at least one hit in seven out of the last 10 games, multi-hits in a couple of those games. Um, just not hitting a ton of home runs right now. Again, I, I think that's terrible for DFS when you're looking for pure upside, but when we're looking for just a nice value floor, Altuve at 4K and Brantley at 4K are very much in play um, on this slate. Texas at Minnesota, Adrian Sampson against Martin Perez. 10 total. Perez is a 162 favorite. Um, looking at Sampson's numbers this season, he's really struggled with righties. Just can't get them out. Uh, 376 Woba, 235 ISO. 201 hit distance here, average hit distance. But the things that really stand out to me, 16 16.7% 16 strikeout rate. The fly ball rate's around 41%, and the hard hit rate's around 47.8%. So really struggling with righties, and uh, we do have some really you know interesting righty plays in this lineup when we're looking at righty-righty matchups. As far as his numbers go against lefty, he's been a little bit better with a 321 uh, Woba, but he's still getting giving up enough fly balls, and the hard hit rate is still really high that I think this is a bad spot to play Samson, and I think it's actually an interesting spot to stack against him uh, with it being almost 80 degrees at first pitch here. Uh, Martin Perez, I love left-handed pitchers against Texas. I talk about it all the time. This is just a team that really struggles with left-handed pitching. You know, when we're looking at it, Perez is a guy that I'm hoping it's Perez and not Pineda, but it sounds like it's going to be Perez. Um, we're looking at Perez here. I was trying to find him price-wise. I don't ever look at pricing before I jump on the podcast. I talk about that all the time. I like to look at, you know, the slate and look at the stats, and I like to look at the pricing as I go so I can kind of adjust. Uh, Martin Perez, 7,900. I think that's, you know, very much in play here. Um, when we're looking at this matchup, you know, Texas, a team, Really, really struggles with lefties. 27.2% K rate, 173 ISO, 316 Woba. Uh, and a lot of that, to be honest, ISO and Woba-wise is kind of inflicted by Joey Gallo, who has a 413 ISO with a 472 Woba and a 38% K rate against lefties. Well, Martin Perez is really, really, really good against lefties. I'm not too concerned about Gallo in this spot. I will play Gallo in, in spots against left-handed pitching. Probably not this one, though. Um, really shaping up for a good Martin Perez slate. If you want to go down that route, I think it's a good spot. Uh, really don't like the Texas bats here. 
you know, you can always stack um, against Martin Perez, but if it is going to be Perez and not Pineda, you know, I just don't see a ton of upside here. Um, you know, he's had some games recently where he's allowed more than four on runs in a start, but don't think this is going to be one of those starts where I'm going to have to be too concerned with him average, like allowing more than five run runs. Um, you know, as far as Minnesota bats go, I think they're a really good stack here. Um, I don't know if they'll be popular or not just because there's so many games in that early part of this slate that have 10 totals that have good run implied totals. So I don't know what we'll see as far as Minnesota goes here, but, um, I do think like when you're looking at this slate, I really like CJ Crone at 4k. Um, He's a guy that I would definitely have exposure to. Um, Nelson Cruz is really expensive, but you know what we were talking about with Sampson. But I don't mind Kepler. Um, I think Kepler is a really good play here at 4,700. I think he's certainly somebody you could be looking at. Um, if you need a cheap second baseman, Jonathan Scope in a righty-righty matchup. Jason Castro, 3,800. Like, there's plenty of ways to get exposure to this team. So um, Kepler probably being my favorite. Even though I said like the numbers for Samson's been a little bit better against lefties, still that hard hit rate and that fly ball rate really stands out to me. You know, especially when I'm looking at Kepler, who more of a fly ball guy, really high ISO, good hard contact numbers. The air distance is really nice. So Kepler, Cruz, uh, probably my two favorite plays here from Minnesota. Moving right along, four games left. Hopefully, I'm not boring you too much here by myself, but. Um, Trying to bring you the fantasy goodness before the All-Star break one last time. Sensatella, Zach Granke, Rockies, Arizona Diamondbacks, eight and a half total. Granke's a minus 200 favorite here, big favorite here. Um, I don't like Sensatella. I don't ever want to play Sensatella. He is a guy that just goes out and throws a ton of fastballs. And it works. It, you know, don't get me wrong. There'll be spots where it'll work and he'll be fine. But I just... I don't typically play Sensatella because he really just doesn't have that out pitch. He uses his slider a little bit um, better against righties and lefties. As far as Granky goes, I, I do think Granky's in play today. Um, he's another one of those guys that I don't really want to talk you off of. 9,700 um, is very fair. Massive favor here. There are strikeouts in this lineup. A um, bunch of power, too. I'm going to pull up really quick and see if we're looking at an open or closed roof because I think that certainly makes a difference. I talk about it all the time. Um, so it's it's going to be closed all weekend if anybody's playing DFS and looking at this series. Roof is going to be closed all weekend. They're going to open the roof after, um, after the game on Friday to do fireworks, but um, closed for the game. So... I like Grinky. I don't hate Grinky in the spot. I like him more than I did if the roof was open for sure. As far as the Colorado bats go, I don't mind playing one-offs here, but you're not really getting, you know, massive discounts on the guys that I want to play. Like I want to play Blackman. I want to play Story. I want to play Arenado and Dahl. And they're all over 5K coming off a series in cores. So not really going to be a spot that um, I'm going to look at it. Um, as far as the Arizona bats go, obviously we'll have to see what's going on with David Peralta. He had to go for an MRI on Thursday, dealing with a shoulder injury right now. It's a good spot for them to sit him down for the rest of the weekend and like, let him kind of heal up here going into the all-star break. If it's nothing serious, Marte Escobar, um, don't mind lamb here. I know he just hasn't been great. Um, but again, like he's still seeing the ball well. He's he's walking a bunch. Um, so I think we'll start to see um, Jake Lamb do well. Um, he was really he's been really cheap on Fanduel. That's maybe where I would play him. But uh, you know, Jake Lamb's a really good hitter, and I'm just hoping that we're eventually going to see him get healthy. So Alex Avila, catcher, if he's in there, he's 3900. He has upside. Day that I certainly don't mind tacking that mid-tier. Uh, there's been a lot of catchers that I've mentioned uh, in that mid-tier uh, as far as these bats go. San Diego at LA taking on the Dodgers. We got an eight and a half total here with Eric Lauer against Clayton Kershaw. Kershaw, a 205 favorite here, uh, pitching against home um, against the Padres. I'll be honest, um, I don't really like Eric Lauer in the spots. You know, when we look at the Padres or the 
you know, Dodgers lineup, they can go really right-handed heavy now. Like Kiki, Freeze is expected back, Taylor, uh, Garlic. Like they can go pretty right-handed heavy here. So for me, it's probably going to be a spot that um, I stay away from Lauer. Um, not a huge fan of him in general. I don't think he's the worst pitcher in the world. Um, it's just more of this matchup is just not great. Um, and then as far as Kershaw goes, 10-7 is a, is a really tough ask for me on Kershaw. Um, I know he's coming off a game where he pitched in cores, um, and he did not um, do great, did not do bad. But you just look at it, and he really just hasn't had that, like, break-the-slate performance. He really pitched well against the Giants a few times ago um, at 28.8, at 11-2. And, like, if this was a matchup against the Giants, I probably would play him. But it's not, and... Machado, Renfro, Myers, Reyes, they're all good against lefties. Even Tatis. Like, I honestly see upside here, but I don't see break your slate upside. So, I don't think Kershaw goes over 15, but I don't think Kershaw goes over 25. And I think DeGrom can go over 25. I think um, Verlander, even against the Angels, could go over 25. I honestly think Granky could go over 25. Even Eduardo Rodriguez could potentially go over 25. So I don't think I end up playing Kershaw here. Um, price and the matchup to me is just not the greatest. Um, I do think you get some run support, and I like pitchers that are going to be pitching with leads. I feel like uh, being a pitcher, you know, I was always a lot more comfortable, um, you know, pitching with a lead. So. Uh, as far as the Dodgers bats go, I don't mind looking at Chris Taylor. Uh, he's been a guy that we've really been able to trust um, against left-handed pitching this season. So really like Chris Taylor. He's 3,900. I don't mind Kiki Hernandez if he's batting leadoff here. He's 3,800. Uh, probably my two favorites, uh, you know, Justin Turner, another guy that you could potentially look at here. I don't think I'd play Freeze if he does get activated here. Um, he's supposed to be activated for this game. He's 4,800. I think that's probably too much to ask for me to play him. Um, you know, Taylor, Turner, um, and Hernandez are all under 4K, um, and that makes a lot more sense to me than, you know, paying 4,800 for freeze. Oakland at Seattle. Brett Anderson against Yusei Kikuchi. Um, nine and a half total here. Anderson's a 144 favorite. Listen, I'll be honest. I really don't hate this spot for Brett Anderson. Um, I typically don't play this guy. He's 7K. It's not the best price tag in the world. But this team is just not good. Um, and they're even worse against left-handed pitching. They have a 29.7% strikeout rate against left-handed pitching this season. And they're going to play their lefties. They're going to play Smith and Crawford and Vogelbach and like even D Gordon might be in there. I'm not a huge Brett Anderson fan because he just doesn't strike people out. But it's really hard not to like this spot for him. You know, he's faced his team a couple times this season, pitched well against them one time, did not pitch too good against them the other time. 7K, him and Perez, uh, these guys in this mid-tier to get away from Julio Tehran are very, very interesting. I, I like the spot for Anderson quite a bit. You say Kikuchi, um, I just he's been really, really bad. Um, he's waiting on his kid to be born, and you know his mind's going to be elsewhere, I feel, in this game, and he's just been really struggling. Um, only one game in his last eight over 15 fantasy points. So he's 4,400. He's really, really cheap. And, you know, he's certainly priced down for his struggles. And it's just, when you look at this Oakland lineup, they just have too many bats here that are good against left-handed pitching. So I'm going to stay away from Kikuchi here. Uh, as far as the Oakland bats go, like the righties here are very interesting. Chapman, always a guy that I like to play. Kana, 4,300. Um, but if you keep going down, like Chris Davis against a lefty, that has been struggling against righties all season. He's been really good against lefties. Chris Davis is 3,800 here. Um, a guy under 4K that I really, really like um, in this spot. Um, let's see. There was one more. There was one more cheap guy. Oh, it's um Chad Pinder. If he's in the lineup, he's 3,600. He's dealing with a little bit of ankle injury, but 
they said he was available on Tuesday when he missed the game, and uh, we're just gonna have to see. You know, he's it's it was a twisted ankle, and it was, happened a few days ago. So Pinder should be back in there, and if he's in there, I really like his price tag at thirty six hundred. As far as the Seattle bats go, you know, I talk about it all the time. I I like JP Crawford and Vogelbach, but I don't like them against lefties. Um. If you want one-offs, I, I think you can play one-offs here if that's how you want to approach this. The one-off that I, I think that that I have the most interest in is Murphy, Tom Murphy, the catcher, just because he's a guy that hits the ball up in the air a lot. He's facing a ground ball pitcher that gives up a lot of hard contact. So if he can get the ball up in the air against him here, Santana is a guy that strikes out a bunch against lefties, but he's a guy that has power. If you want to play Santana as a one-off, I don't hate that either. Um, but I think there's better options at 4,700 than Santana, but he's a guy that could hit, you know, multiple home runs if, you know, it comes down to it. All right. Last game on the slates. We have St. Louis at San Francisco, Dakota Hudson against Drew Pomerantz. Eight and a half total here. Hudson's a slight favorite at 117. Don't typically mind playing pitchers against this team. Um, but my biggest issue with Hudson is just he doesn't have a bunch of strikeout upside. Uh, a team that only has a 19% K rate. Like strikeout pitchers against them or lefties is what I typically target the Giants with. Love the ballpark, obviously, but not a spot that I think I'll play Hudson. Um, I wouldn't be shocked if he goes out and has a quality start in this spot. But for me, I'm going to pretty much stay away. He has pitched good in two of his last four games. He pitched really well against Angels uh, a couple starts ago. Pitched good against Miami Marlins in Miami um, not too long ago as well. But I don't know if this is a spot that he typically has, you know, my eye and the upside to how do like Perez. Like, I, you know, he doesn't pass the Martin Perez test for me. As far as the St. Louis or Drew Pomerantz goes, you know, he has a 408 Woba, 253 ISO to righties this season. He does have a 24% K rate. He's going to face, um, you know, eight righties here. This is going to be a very right-handed heavy team. So for all those reasons, I'm probably going to stay away from Pomerantz. I think there are spots on the season that we're going to play Pomerantz. Um, he's been really good recently, and all of those games that he's been good at have been at home. He's In his last four home starts, he's put up at least 20 fantasy points in each of those starts. If you want to take a shot on Pomerantz here, you know, kind of looking into it more, like you're fading Jose Martinez, you're fading Paul Goldschmidt, and you're fading DeJong. But like outside of that, like it's not the best lineup in the world. Um, they don't typically walk a lot. And like I said, Pomerantz is a guy that's actually been really good um, in his last few home starts. So if you want to take a shot on Pomerantz, I'm actually not going to talk you off of it as much as I originally had thought I wanted to. Uh, at 6,800, he's cheap, and Julio Tehran is going to gain so much ownership in that price range that if you get off of Tehran in tournaments, um, you know, obviously you have a good shot to make money if any of these guys really like just knock it out of the park. Uh, as far as St. Louis bats go, it's pretty much the guys that I said to that were kind of fading here against Pomerantz. You know, we're fading fading Jose Martinez, who's shown a ton of power um, against left-handed pitching this season. Paul Gold. Paul Goldschmidt is a guy that I will always play um, against left-handed pitching. Throughout his career, he's just been so good against lefties that, you know, I'm not too concerned. Um, you know, everything that, you know, you continue to look at for Paul Goldschmidt is he looks okay. The price tag is phenomenal. Uh, 3600 facing a lefty. It's a really good price tag for DeJong as well. Um, you can make a nice little three-man here with Jose Martinez. DeJong and Paul Goldschmidt potentially get the two, three, and four hitters and not pay more than 3800 for any of them. So certainly a way to potentially look at building here um, however you want to you know, attack your pitchers on the slate. I think it's very interesting. Uh, as far as the Giants go, you know, I don't mind Dickerson as a one-off. He's continued to show really solid power. Um you know, and this is a spot that, like, if you hit it into the triangle out there in San Francisco, like, you could get a double with a triple up potential. Um, I don't mind Belt. Don't mind Yaz. You know, I, I want the lefties more than I want the righties here for San Francisco against Hudson. Like I said, he has a 407 Woba against lefties this season. 
high walk rate, low strikeout rate. So I want the lefties for San Francisco. Don't think I'd stack them here, but you know, if I'm looking at you know playing some of these cheap guys, Belt's 3700. Prefer Goldschmidt for 3600. Um, Dickerson's 3900. Yaz is 3800. So uh, don't hate all that. Uh, morning grind game. One last time before the All Star break. One guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts here. Um, I want to say Martin Perez. I'm going to put Perez down on my sheet, but if for some reason it does not end up being Perez as the starting pitcher, I'm going to take Tehran. Um, Over 8K to score under 15. Who's my bust at the top? I'm going to go Yamamoto. Um, I pretty much told you guys I really like this spot for the Braves. Going right back to the well. Atlanta's hot. And um, Yamamoto, a lot of his numbers scream regression, and I think that I'm going to keep playing it, and I'm just hoping that when it happens, they're low-owned, and I can just load up on you know, the few one, few times that I've done it, and it hasn't worked out. So I'm going to keep playing it because the numbers tell me to. Over 4K to hit a home run. We're not in cores. Um, I want to say Freeman. Um, I took Freeman yesterday. He had a home run. I want to say Freeman again, but I'm not going to say Freeman this time. I'm going to say Max Kepler. Still really like the Braves. And like I said, I really want to get uh, exposure to them, stack them for sure. Um, under 4K to get two hits today. <laughs> we keep riding, riding Robinson Cano. You know, multi-hits in four of the last five. Got a good match up here. Um, I'm going to take Cano. Let, let's keep this Cano vibe rolling here. Let's get another multi-hit game. Um, really like Chris Davis under 4K as well. I think he's just... Really under under um, priced uh, against the lefty. Uh, I'm not going to say the Braves to score more than six. I think I've said them enough today. Um, I, you know, the team that I liked yesterday called them for my six or more. Um, I'm not going to say the Braves because I've said it a lot. Let's go with the Minnesota Twins to score more than six runs. I hope everyone has an awesome all-star break. We'll be off for you know four days next week for the all-star break um doing a little family vacation really and going to enjoy not having to look at baseball stats and just get a few days off with the family and catch up on some sleep some z's hope everyone has an awesome all-star break if you are playing fantasy nascar this weekend it is daytona i'm super excited about daytona week always think there's a ton of upside when we're playing daytona so if you want to check that out, go to rotogrinders.com slash NASCAR. Enjoy your all-star break. We'll be back Friday, a week from today, talking baseball, me and Grant, breaking down the slate. Good luck in your contest tonight, and uh, see you guys Friday.